Welcome to Keeping Up With Life, where we empower you with health, business and family life strategies for you to live your best days. I'm your host, Pippa Hansen. I'm the CEO, a mother of teenagers and have a passion to live an active and healthy life. Each episode contains practical tips and insights on how you can succeed in all aspects of your life, delivered to you in bite-sized pieces to implement straight away. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Injury Clinic, whose mission is to enhance the lives of its clients, staff, other professionals and the greater community. Welcome. Today I'm very excited to have Rachel O'Loughlin with us. Rachel's a podiatrist and she loves spending time on her family farm, renovating and playing sport. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks for having me, Pip. Now, heel pain, often, um, often very debilitating for people. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, it certainly is. So we we have seen a lot more of it uh, with the the lockdown at the moment. Not a lot of people have too many activities to do, so uh, definitely taking up a lot more running and and walking activity. So we've seen a lot more of it in the clinic than usual. And it's funny, not only are people are you seeing people, but the vets are seeing the dogs that they're walking as well, <laughs> <laughs> over walking the family animals. <laughs> So how does it happen? What are the symptoms? Yeah, so um, the more common symptoms is that pain when you get out of bed <clears throat> first thing in the morning. Um, you tend to, to get a little bit of pain when you, when you start your walk, but then you'll find that it often warms up and you can, you can finish the walk without experiencing any pain. If you've had it for, for a little while, you'll tend to, to get it after you s- sit down again um, and in, in the evenings you'll experience quite a dull, throb, achy sensation in the foot. So does it actually start from overuse? Like is it is it an um like an impact injury or is it because you walk too much? It, it's something that happens over time. So it, you definitely accumulate the injury from from overload. So from doing too much activity too soon. And what about the types of shoes people wear or don't wear? Is that in, does that have an impact on people suffering from this? Yeah, certainly. And it, it's something that we've seen a little bit more lately. People are barefoot at home, so typically not wearing supportive shoes that they that they would be wearing at work. Um, they're, they're hiding from the Zoom meetings, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. up, up the top they've got the um, nice... Um, Outfit, but down below they've just got the tracksuit <laughs> pants and bare feet. Yeah, the moccasins. <laughs> uh, um, so what helps then? Uh, things that help, so definitely a diligent strength program. So if you are doing a lot of activity, you do need to make sure that you have adequate muscle strength in your lower legs and your feet, um, looking for those supportive footwear. So if you're one of those people that's uh, giving your runners that are three years old a workout, you might need to look at upgrading those. Yeah, that's interesting. I've started tracking my runners through my watch and it's you really do lose track of how many kilometres whether you're running or walking, that you do in a pair of runners. It, it actually racks up really quickly. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, it, it is um, good to keep keep on top of those mileages in the shoes. I did used to not and did used to not. That's great English, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but you would hold on to them for three years and when you finally got a new pair, you'd realise how good they were, but I'm now replacing them much sooner because yeah. of keeping an eye on them. Yeah, and you can definitely, a lot of companies actually uh, give you an estimate on how much mileage you can get out of a shoe. Oh, that's great. So they're, they're different then, obviously. Yeah, they, they depend on the type of shoe that you purchase. So some shoes designed more for faster track athletes will often have lower mileage than a more supportive shoe. So you talked about strength in the lower legs and the feet as well. So that surprises me, I suppose, a little bit. Talk to us about that. 
Yeah, so I guess um, your, your foot control comes from your lower leg muscles. So you've got your soleus and your gastrocnemius. So you definitely want to make sure that you've got adequate strength in your lower leg, but also you've got multiple muscles in your foot. Um, we often refer to them as your intrinsic foot muscles, um, and it's definitely important that they are strong as well. And what types of things would you do to strengthen those a lot of exercises with resistance band, um, often doing your strength training barefoot is beneficial as well. You want to help improve stability through those muscles. Yeah, fantastic. So what else um, what, what else can people do to avoid their pain? Um, so you often want to look at reducing your load. So something that I do with a lot of people that come into the clinic is we go through what they're doing week to week, um, looking at their training p- patterns and whether they need to either decrease their load, add in rest days or add in some, some strengthening days as well. Typically when, when you first come in, uh, We often have a few rules where we want to try and reduce you standing for more than 30 minutes of time, reduce you barefoot, so often have you in a shoe that's got a high pitch, and this just helps sort of settle down the tissues and reduce that inflammation in the heel. So does it always occur to people that are active or you talked about, you know, not standing for longer than 30 minutes? Can it happen to people that are on their feet all day for work? Yeah, definitely. So we see this injury in a lot of tradespeople, so often working really long days on your feet in quite sturdy or heavy boots. Um, so often it, it's the, it comes back to that overuse injury where you're just putting too much stress through the, t- the tissues in your feet and your lower leg and you, you don't have adequate rest for those tissues to heal. What's the impact of someone for work then if, you, you know, if that's their job and they're on their feet and you don't want them standing or so what can you do to I suppose keep them at work during this time yeah so it's something that we definitely we want to try and keep you on your feet and and working we we never try and uh, get people to pull back from their work too much if we do it it's for a day or two but there's certainly a lot of different treatment options out there Um, if, if it does come down to a particular foot structure we can look at things like orthotics to offload those uh stressed tissues of the feet um, or if it could be as simple as uh, changing your shoes for work and and making all the appropriate adjustments. And I know even in um, ladies' work shoes there are so many um, different qualities. You know, you can buy really terrible quality shoes you know with no support at all I know I'm guilty I'm laughing because I'm guilty of owning a couple of (laughs) pairs of those shoes yeah certainly I think that's a it's a huge battle that I have as a podiatrist is footwear and you know more and more we have a lot of uh dress shoes or good looking shoes coming out which is making my job certainly a lot easier I don't have to convince too many people to wear clogs but um there certainly are a lot more treatment options and Footwear has come a long way in the last five years, so yeah. I'm, I'm never going to tell someone or force them into an ugly shoe for work. There, there's a lot of different things that we could do, but... Um, Many I, women will be happy to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm certainly guilty of it as well, so... Although I don't wear high heels as much anymore. I think I've had that uh, push down my throat a fair bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be paying for it longer yeah. in, in the long term. 
Um, so how long does um, – and, you know, heel pain's often – well, what, what we're talking about is plantar fasciitis. How long does that last for someone or does it, and how does that vary? It definitely varies. I would say on average uh, a treatment program is about 12 weeks. You're not in pain for that 12-week period, but, again, we come back to it. It's a strength deficit injury, so there, there is a f- adequate amount of time that we need to improve your strength. Typically, um, if you're in a higher level of pain, we can reduce that pain by about 50% in two weeks, which a lot of people, you know, it, it's a debilitating injury. Um, but it isn't it isn't the kind of injury that if you do rest and you come back to it in 12 months' time, it, it's not going to be gone. You do need to put a lot of work into treating the injury itself and making some changes. Yeah, and I do know of people that have, have had this and, they you know, they, they think it's gone and then they wake up in the morning and that getting out of bed is really challenging, so... Yeah, like like I said before, it is a debilitating injury. Um, you often, in your treatment program, you get spikes of pain, but it it doesn't mean that you're back to square one is the other thing. It, it's a slow improvement, but you do tend to improve over time. Yep. And what about a certain age group? Is there a certain age group that are more prone to this than anyone else? Uh, not necessarily. It, it's an injury. It affects, you know, high-end athletes and it can affect just, you know, the, the average weekend warrior or you don't even have to be that, that active to experience plantar heel pain. Just being on your feet. Yeah, just being on your feet. I mean, you can't avoid it, can you? <laughs> no, which yeah, which must be, as you said, really hard for some people if, if they've got that constant pain but they need to walk or they need to get to their job or do their job on their feet all day. Yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, they're the people that are more at risk of developing this injury. Um, there's definitely a few preventative things that you can do to to reduce your risk of developing plantar heel pain, um, but certainly early treatment's always better. And so is the early, um, or not the early treatment, that's fantastic, but is the prevention, is that the strength training you're talking about or is there other things? Yeah, strength training and footwear as well. Uh, for me, I have quite a keen interest in loading. So if, if you are preparing for a sport or um, a lot of people getting into running at the moment, so training for a marathon or half marathon, or even if you just want to reach 5K, I think the best thing that you can do is, is have a really sound training program in place and how have you gone with athletes and whether they are that elite athlete or the weekend warrior how do they um i suppose respond because you clearly they can't keep up the dose of running that they've been doing how do you manage them any differently to someone that's just needs to be able to go to work um i uh, I wouldn't necessarily manage them too differently. I think the key factors we still address. However, there's a, a great quote, you want to train smarter, not harder. So you need to look at their expectations and whether they want to keep performing in the long term. It's something that they need to address right now. Um, but it can definitely be a frustration. You know, you're telling someone that they might not be able to compete at, at that event that mm. they've been training for for a long period of time. But certainly in the long term, early intervention and, you know, putting the right protocols in place is, is quite helpful. And if you've had this um, injury previously, what's your likelihood of having it again? Because there'd be people that never experience heel pain. Yeah, it, it is quite um, common to, to get it if you haven't address those underlying causes so uh, I would see it quite frequently in in people they might 
have it initially and then they brush it off and it comes back about a year, a year later because those underlying causes were never addressed. Weren't as compliant as they should have been? No, <laughs> it's definitely a struggle trying to get people to do their exercises. We're, we're all guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I suppose you, your key messages of what you've said today is um, if you've got the pain, it's early intervention. Uh, strength training and other things that, you know, a podiatrist would recommend and appropriate footwear. Yeah, definitely. That's a good summary of all the key points. Yeah, Yeah, fantastic. And early intervention, at what point do you think, you know, what point is a little heel pain um, going to get worse without intervention? Is it that noticeable or can it be quite mild to start with? It it often is quite mild to start with. You, if you don't offload the foot, it's it's only going to get worse. So it's not something you can avoid, heel pain. And um, it, it is better when you address it in those early stages. Yeah, because quite often people can put up with some pain for a period of time before it, um, before that, I suppose it impacts their life or their sport. Yeah, and that pain, I guess it's a bit of a flag that there's something going on that yeah. needs to be addressed. So no one should ever really be in pain as often a cause to that pain. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing your knowledge with us today and um, hopefully anyone that suffered uh, plantar fasciitis, you know, heel pain can really understand what to do, get it sorted and um, live a pain-free life. Thanks for having me, Pip. Thanks, Rach. If you have a topic you would like covered, get in touch via our socials. The contact details can be found in the episode notes. If you have loved listening today and are looking forward to future episodes, please subscribe, rate our show, share our podcast with your friends, work colleagues and families. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today and see you next week.